0: Hello and welcome to the Practical Magic podcast, a weekly dive into ways in which we can live a calmer, more creative and empowered life on our own terms. I'm Kate Taylor, creativity and empowerment coach, and I'm on a mission to help us live an embodied life full of creative expression through my blended melting pot of goodness I call Practical Magic. Welcome Practical Magic listeners, we're back with another Reset and Refocus conversation. September and October this week I'm talking with Marianne Cantwell the original free-range human Marianne's written a book well she wrote the book first off in 2012 and has now written an updated version of how to live life as a free-range human so on the show today we're going to be talking about that we're going to be talking about what that actually means We all want to live a life on our own terms, right? But what does that actually mean? Well, it means stripping back the layers and getting rid of the shoulds to uncover the truths of who we really are and how we can get away from the fear voice and the beige army to really get to the essence of living life the way we want it to. So do take a listen. I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. Here she is. Me in conversation with Marianne Cantwell. So welcome onto the show Marianne Cantwell. I'm so excited. I've been following your work forever. I think I first saw you Marianne was when you were doing I think you did summer camp for the Happy Startup School is that right?
1: I did. Uh, oh. a time ago. It was so much fun though.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so excited. I'm going myself this year. So I saw I became aware of your work then and being caught by the name or captured even by the name free range humans, I'm like, Yep, that is the way that I choose to live my life as a free range human. And we have a very gorgeous mutual friend, which is the lovely Selena Barker of Project Love. So I'm and who I was chatting to yesterday on the podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to have you here. Thank you so much for coming on to the Practical Magic show. I wondered if you could introduce yourself and a bit of your backstory and why you do what you do to our lovely listeners.
1: Well, firstly, I'm so excited to be here because I think there's something about the name Practical Magic that it coincides so well with what I feel free-range humans is. And so I say that because... The way that people usually think of me when they say come across an article or just like a quick mention of the brand is the idea is, well, this is about quitting your job so you can do your own thing. Um, But Kate, between you, me and our awesome listeners, that isn't really what the free range humans or I are about. Yes, uh, for the last 10 years uh, since quitting my corporate job, starting my own thing, um, I was asked by people, How did you quit your job? And back then, there weren't any resources. There weren't like a billion ads on our non existent Facebook feeds. There weren't, you know, Marie Folio's B School wasn't a thing. And so I started this little blog called Free Range Humans, and Free Range Humans morphed into the movement is today. And so the shell of what I do, the I call it the doorway, is about helping people find their way to what they really want to be doing with their life, most likely as their own boss, so that they can live life on their terms, by which I mean they can be in control of their time, their location, if that's important to them, and of how they show up day to day in what they're doing and how they're living. But as I think anyone who's done deep, work will know or has tried to do any life change will know that's any change we try to make is just the tip of the iceberg so what free range humans to me and my work is really really about is about uncovering who you actually are under the layers and the surface and all that pile of should do's that we have been trying to live up to and mold ourselves into for all our lives. So who are we under the surface and what do we do with that? And that is my, lifelong obsession and is really what I think makes free-range humans different to just a straight quit your job and maybe figure out a money-making tactic um, approach it's that that melding of the two together thank you so much for that reflection because
0: it's been really wonderful I've been doing a, a series of podcast interviews over the last few days this is all for September October where in the northern hemisphere here we have this at the end of the school holidays we have this new term feeling this reset and refocus. And so much, I mean, there's, you know, there's no such thing as coincidence, but all of the people that I've been talking to and the wonderful people I've been interviewing, including the lovely Selena, it has been about getting away from the the shoulds and obligations and getting back to the heart of who we are. And in order for us to reset, refocus, work out what it is and our desires and our lives and giving ourselves permission really is stripping back. It is stripping back those layers, isn't it? And I love what you talk about. We're going to talk about your book in a sec, but when you talk about free range living you and I share very much that same viewpoint on living life on your own terms like I always talk about sticking two fingers up to a life of grey you know get stepping into colour you actually say yourself that big lives come from bold steps and I absolutely adore this this is giving ourselves permission to not stick with the status quo if it doesn't work for us but tuning into what what we, what we want, what we desire, what we want to remove, and, and doing that self-inquiry. Is that where you say it starts, really, being a free-range human?
1: Mm, yes, figuring out what you actually want. As you know, having looked through my book, it's the, it's the first place and it's the obvious place, but it's also the one that we, we skip so much, right? We are like, well, I kind of know I want something different. What should I do is the first step. And whereas when we're reconnecting with who I am, Uh, who am I like underneath all of those, those things that I've been told I should be, you get such more rich and interesting and creative answers to that. So yeah, absolutely agree. That is where it all starts. So we start with that first step
0: and, and often it comes in the ways in which we would expect it to. You might be in that job where, it's just getting harder and harder to be there or you might be in a situation that you just can't stick anymore or you might be really stuck and feeling pretty unfulfilled. Is, is that how people first do that inquiry into becoming free range? Often
1: it is, yes. Often there's a point where I think we actually feel the compromises that we've made um, and that point can be something as simple as something happens at work. It can be something like you're, you're on your holiday, you're on your vacation, and you finally hear yourself saying, I'm going to change it when I get back. And you're almost bored of having said that every time for the last few years. It can be anything. It could be a moment. Um, sometimes it's sparked by something in your personal life, like a breakup, and you, you look at your life differently. But what I would say is for me, in, as I say in my book, free range doesn't happen when you quit your job. It isn't about being your own boss. There are plenty of people who are self-employed, but I wouldn't call them free-range humans because they're still in that corporate mindset or maybe that's how they've always been, even if they've never been in a corporate job. Um, They've still got this mindset. They're not doing things based on who they are. They're not loving what they do. They're not living life on their terms. They just happen to be a boss rather than have a boss. And so I think sometimes people actually come to this once they've actually started their own thing, uh, which is I absolutely love that um, because this is it's all about the difference between being internally referenced or externally referenced, and I think there's a, a much deeper quality that we bring to our lives and our work when we're looking at what we're doing and the day to day decisions we're making based on our own intuition, based on our own groundedness, our own gut, and that stuff is not as you well know, something we are taught in schools. It's not something we're taught in work, but it's something that's really essential if we want to feel like we are showing up and living the life that really fits who we are, which by the way, I just want to say is not impossible. Like the only reason I think we even have to talk about this at all is because we don't grow up with it. It's not different to who we naturally are as humans you know, it's nothing magical it's not just for lucky people it's just it is different to how we grew up and so we have to learn some new skills and we have to retrain ourselves
0: yeah and that that feeds into the question i was going to ask is because you know really we're all free-range humans aren't we every single one of us we come into the world free but it's quite often masked with these factory settings that are imposed for us, whether that's, you know, in your culture, your community, your education system, your society, the society in which you live in that says life needs to be or should be lived in a certain way. There's an element of, I guess, control that mm-hmm. keeps people operating in a certain way that makes us less and less free because we're disconnected from living a life In which we totally make up our own rules and that you know I that's understandable when you're a child you need to learn your boundaries you need to be safe but the education system particularly here in the UK and I'm sure it's the same in 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 other parts of the world as well it has a certain purpose to it that is if I if we produce these people who will go into factory settings then they can be controlled they can be they can earn money for the, you know, you get into deep conversations about earning money for the state or that kind of thing. But we are in factory settings, aren't we, for the growing up part of life. We go through the education system, then we get into the world of work and we're even more in the factory settings. Because like you say, we have these uh, these obligations to work in a certain way. And I know myself, when you when you were saying about being self-employed and not being a free range human, I really recognized that in myself for the first few years of becoming out, coming out of corporate world to work for myself. I really felt like I had somebody sitting on my shoulder watching over me going, what do you mean you're not at your desk at nine o'clock? What do you mean you, you're going, you know, you're you're stopping work halfway through the afternoon to go for a swim? No, 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 no. You can't do that. So we have this, the self-imposed and factory settings going on all the time,
1: don't we? So yeah, I completely agree with that. And to me, the idea of having a factory setting is it's definitely something that's layered on top of who we are. But at the same time, I think that there's a really a positive side of this, which is that we're in this time in history where we can do things in a way that our ancestors didn't have access to the amount of technology that we have available to us, the opportunities for connection around the world. So while we do have a lot of issues, I think in, in our education, in how we grow up and in the cultural messaging, the reality is, and the thing I talk about so much in my book is that when it comes to doing something as you, we seem to have landed in what might be a very messy bit of history, but I've got to say, I'm actually more of a pessimist at heart than an optimist when it comes to the the future of humanity sometimes. And the thing that actually drives me and drives me to share this message is this sense of what if right now was the best time? What if in five years' time, we didn't have the opportunities to show up as us that we do today? What will we be doing differently? And that voice has been reverberating in my head since... I'd say since the start of my career, you know, it, it really flips the message to ask it that way instead of going, oh my gosh, here are all the problems, which may be there. What if this was the best opportunity you had? What would you be doing differently? And I, Because I have a tendency to slip into negative self-talk, that's one of my tricks to actually overcome some of the factory settings day to day yeah I
0: like that, and for me that 's uh when you 're talking about having a conversation with the negative self talk for me that 's intuition versus ego and 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 just checking in and going well what 's contractive versus versus expansive i 'm not living a free life that 's contractive free life for me is expansive living a life on our own terms is expansive so so how do how do we do that like if you think about the word expansive and the world that we live in that is to be free it is to travel it is to connect and i know that not all of your um work is about getting people to quit the nine to five and and becoming a digital nomad for example but we have the opportunity to do that what we're saying is that you don't have to be restricted anymore now you you first wrote the book in is it 2013 you first wrote this? 2012 actually 2012 yeah. okay and and there's a and you're now coming out the the next version of what have you noticed about the difference between because ty- like everything moves so fast now. So what have you noticed culturally that has changed since 2012 that has prompted you and in- invited you to change and adapt what's in the
1: book? I'd say there's two big things. One of them is, is cultural and one of them is personal. So the cultural shift has been, as I hinted at right at the start, that when we started this movement, which I never expected would take off the way it did, my whole aim was to reset the playing field between jobs and free range because we have all these messages as we know that our jobs are safe, jobs are responsible, jobs are the only way. And it just wasn't the messaging that said actually for a certain type of person, not everyone, but for a certain type of person who's drawn to this, guess what? There is a great other option. So my aim was always I want to reset that playing field so when people look at their options, they can work out which one is going to allow them to be them uh, and all that really cool stuff we're talking about. Today, you hop on your social media, uh, you take one look on the internet and what you see is a lot of messaging about how all your answers to life, the universe, everything are going to come from quitting your job, getting a laptop and moving to Bali. So there's that's a huge shift. We've come from a world that didn't think that was a thing. I remember making my first video when I was back in Bali before there were like even I think there was one co-working space had just popped up and it was new. And people were like, oh my gosh, is that what it's like there? I want to try that. You were so fresh. Today you're tripping over it on Instagram and there's there's a real sense in the shift in energy around it. I think on one hand, it's really positive. Finally, you know, we're at a point where people are going, guess what, guys, this is a thing that happens. This is a thing that we do. On the other hand, I also think anything that has light has a shadow side. And I think it's very important to see both. I think the shadow side of all this, and I'm sure if you're listening to this, you're familiar with what I'm talking about. The you know, um, I was stuck. I discovered this one clever online strategy and now I'm sitting by a pool sipping a mojito 24 seven, that sort of messaging. It definitely has a, it's wonderful in one way, but it has a shadow side and the shadow side is what I saw having been doing this work firsthand while that was rising was wonderful connected smart you know soul led people coming across this way of doing things and going from putting themselves in one box in their say work life to either quitting their job or experimenting with something on the side that put them in someone else's box but yeah by which i mean someone would say I want to have a life like that person does. So what's exactly the 10 steps they took to do it? Okay. They had to be this massive extrovert that was front of house that they had to come up with this funnel. They had to do things this way. And so they would take the totality of who they are, which might be a process driven introvert, by the way. And I love those people. And they would try to squish that into someone else's formula. And what was happening again and again was that people were either getting lost in terms of their soul just didn't seem to, to be there. This wasn't freedom. This wasn't life on your terms. This was life in a formula. But more often than not, what would happen is that people who were used to being smart and top of their game would hit a wall and they wouldn't know why. Uh, and as we can talk about, to me, the answer why was very clear because I was doing this work on the ground. And it was that while formulas can be really useful and really helpful once you know exactly the path you're on, they are not a substitute for knowing who you are, for knowing where your strengths lie, and for the realization that not everyone creates the life that they're looking at in exactly the same way. So yeah, I'd say that's the biggest, big shift that led me to go, I don't want my book out there. Leading people, it was almost a gateway drug, (laughs) like people would pick up my book and then they'd suddenly start Googling things and end up in that world. And I was like, I have to stop that. And so when my publisher came to me and said, you know, your book's selling really well consistently, Uh, it's around the world, would you like to do another edition? I said, yes, and I want to fix that. I want to speak to that and show people a different way of approaching making a move. This is my long answer for you, Kate. (laughs) No, it's
0: absolutely brilliant. I'm
1: just here nodding away because we do, we look at other,
0: you know, we're in the world of the Instagram influencer and we're looking at comparing our lives to other people's and we want a bit of that and and we look at the quick, easy fix to get there. Like, show me, like you say, the six-step program that's going to help me live a freer life and actually all you're doing is you're putting yourself back into somebody else's factory settings. And it's, it's, you know, it's making, it's making money out of that for that person. And for me, this is a distinction. If we're talking about it on a spiritual level, this is a distinction between guru and inner wisdom. If you work with a guru that, and it works for you, that's absolutely brilliant. But for me, the, the empowerment comes from your own inner wisdom and you've alluded to it already being guided by intuition, doing that inner work to work out what it is that you need and what you need to strip away and you know bringing in the energy that you need to bring in to live a free life that is comes from your own soul and connecting to other people and being very heart led. That's the essence of it, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. And I think there's a, there's a, another distinction I would add to that, which is, as something that we, we talked about when we we're talking about doing this interview, Kate, which was the difference between being a rebel um, and being free range. I think they're very different things because the path I see, because we grow up in this world that's so black and white, is one of two. One of them is I want to do something differently. And so I will be sensible and find someone who's done it and follow this exact steps, like to the letter. So if they have a website that looks like this, my website will look like this. If they say, use this sort of language, I'll use this language. that's kind of the copycat route. That's one option. The other one is someone will maybe try that, feel restricted, break out and say, I'm going to make my own rules. However, if we go down that rebel route to the extent I've seen it done, It means that we're all trying to reinvent the wheel Um, and we're almost like rebelling so hard against what is that what is already there is actually dictating what we do. Does that make sense? Like if if you're rebelling, if someone says, I'm where everyone's wearing white right now and you say, I'm a rebel, that means you have to wear black. That means you have to wear any colour except white. So that person has basically told you what you can and can't do and that's why I think we it's a very complex point I think your podcast is a safe place to talk about oh totally (laughs) I know I was like I'm so excited to talk to you when I started getting curious about this what I did was I went to a lot of friends of mine you know who we'd all kind of risen up in what we were doing and I was like you know what I have this chat about this stuff we're all seeing this copycat stuff out there but we also all know that formulas can be super useful like I want. If someone's worked out a way to do something, and I know from the work I've done that I want to do a version of that, of course I'd love to borrow from them because I don't want to do a year of figuring something out that someone just figured out. They want to teach me, and so I was talking to them about. And they said, "Well, what we we all do? It was a hundred percent. People said that is like we pick and mix. So if we know that we need, I know we're putting together." a a website and we want people to take a certain action on it and someone is very good at helping people take that action we'll go and learn that and we'll take the pieces that work for us and we'll leave the rest and that's why I think it's such a nuanced point That if we start identifying as a rebel which I think is actually a very dangerous identity we are completely led by what the other person's doing because we're no longer allowed to do that We're trying to like reinvent the wheel. Whereas if we're a conformist who's trying to be safe all the time, we're equally led because we're not allowed to break out. And that to me is where what free range really is. Free range is this very powerful position in the middle of the two where you're grounded in who you are. You're grounded in your intuition, but you've also got your feet on the ground, right? And that means that, you know, it's not about saying, I'm going to come up with a new paradigm to shift how humanity Works, but I've never worked with one person before (laughs) like it's actually doing the work on the ground being there looking at what someone else is doing if they want to teach you and taking the piece that resonates and leaving the rest. And it's that thing that's not being talked about because it's not, that doesn't fit in a Facebook ad, right? It's yeah.
0: A- oh my God. I'm just lapping this all up because we we use very much the same language as well in terms of taking what you need and leaving the rest. And I always think that inspiration that you take from other people who you admire is such a, a strong point, you know, it's not like you say, like being the rebel is the antithesis. I mean, I love being a soulful rebel. I, I, I like that idea of taking the idea of the way that life should be lived and going, ah, uh, I, I beg to question because it doesn't work for me, but taking the inspiration of what, and I, I recognize this so much, taking inspiration from what other people are doing and how it can work for you really does work so for example with myself i brought out a product last year which was a practical magic activation deck now wisdom decks oracle decks tarot decks they're nothing new. They're all a tool to help us tune into our intuition. But I wasn't going to start creating something that was the antithesis of that or being a rebel to that. Actually, what I was able to do is take all the tools I've got and use it in a similar format, which still connects you into intuition. But it helped me to connect with people who maybe don't want to be overtly woo woo, but they do want to connect in with their inner wisdom. They do want to connect in with their inner inner soul so it was it was you know creating something of something that already exists but doing it in a different way
1: that's it it. i think that there's there's no prize for creating something that doesn't exist yet um and that's so new that no one's heard of it Um, i think that we there are such great ideas out there already. There are so many wonderful things in the world, and you know, with what you've done there, you're able to connect with people who would may never have had those experiences, or never had them at the level you're having them. And I think this is the beauty where we allow ourselves to do what what actual leaders really do, which is start from who they are and then pick and mix from the learnings out there. And it really is that simple. And And yet it's funny how, as humans who are raised in these factory settings, how easy it is to hop online, look at what someone else is doing and say, I think I need to be more like them in order to be enough. I think Mm. that's what's happening a lot right now. It's actually a sense of either, I always think it's a sense of I'm not enough as I am, or I am too much as I am.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Particularly in this age that we live in, as we, you know, we've already alluded to of the Instagram influencer. And when somebody say, you know, we we'll just use Kendall Jenner, for example, might put up, I use this product and people are going instantly like, let me buy that because it, it feels like I'm having a bit of your life. We used to do it in magazines, didn't we? You know, <laughs> glossy magazines. The, I, I, trained as a journalist for fashion journalism. And this was the world of aspiration. When you're picking up a magazine, you're saying, I want a bit of that life. I want to buy into that life. That's why they're so bloody expensive, right? <laughs> because you're selling an ideal. And it's kind of feels the same with the Instagram influencer generation. Now, when, when we're buying something because somebody has been paid to tell us that it's a really great product. We're buying a bit of their lifestyle, aren't we? And we're just, it's not, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. It's just being mindful of checking in with yourself of why you, why you're doing that. Is it because you want that product? It's really going to work for you or are you doing it because you don't feel like you're enough?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh,
0: big juicy 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 topics here. I love it. Can we um can we talk about the beige army please? Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love this part of the book. So what's the beige army,
1: Marianne? Oh, the beige army. I mean, everyone should read this chapter in the book. Um, the beige army are I think I'm going to actually use words from the book because they're in my head already. Are the people in the office or online or in your family gathering that always have a reason why not they're the ones who want to keep you small who will like crinkle up their nose and say oh well you know, why would you be doing that um isn't that weird isn't that strange does you know does someone like us do something like that they're the people who use this very sneering superior tone to to make you question who you are, who tear you down. They're the people who might get together after work or or even, you know, it's not just about employment versus self-employment. There's plenty of people in the business world who are the beige army. And there's a kind of a bullying sense of have a conversation about those weird people over there doing those weird things. And everyone listening to this podcast has met them because you're listening to a podcast called practical magic and who isn't just, uncool with that because of them they are threatened by the fact that you are doing it that's the difference with the beige army.
0: and it's the reflection with that is that it's a reflection of their own fear isn't it but what it does is it tunes into our own that's the challenge with the beige army because they will often reflect our deepest fears i know when i came out of um, my very safe very comfortable living uh, ad career. And I was giving it all up to try something new. I mean, nothing's ever new. We're just, you know, we, we regenerate different parts of ourselves and bring all our strengths into it. But my ego was telling me, well, this isn't going to go right. You know, what do you think you're doing leaving your really well-paid job? And then I would be listening to people, well, not listening, actually. Secondary listening, well, how's Kate doing? What kind of money is she bringing in? Well, is it going to work out? And I could hear their fears, and immediately I heard theirs. It, like, I could feel it in my gut going, well, maybe they're right. Maybe it is going to go horribly wrong. And then I had to do a real, like, oh, whoa, 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 hang on a minute. That's theirs, not mine. I need, you know, I know, know, I need to work on my money stories, and that's what I'm doing. But there's a bigger part of me, which is this sense of purpose that is going to make this happen, and the money will flow, and it does, and it did, and it, it's just really noticing, isn't it? When when people are saying this stuff to you, one that it's theirs, not yours, and two, where is it tying into your deepest fears? And actually, that you don't need to take it as red.
1: Absolutely, and there's something in the power of naming it, um, and I think that's a very, a very ancient thing with humans. You name it, and you it's no longer the invisible shadow that just is. It's a thing and it's a group and it has a name. And that's why I'm very into naming things. You probably can guess, Kate. I've come up with lots of words and phrases. I think we have more power and we can see it in full light. And so when I... Originally wrote the Beige Army chapter. I was like, they don't get, and I think I say in the chapter, they don't get to be the normal ones. They don't get to own the narrative of how the world is because they're wrong. It's not how the world is, it's how their tiny corner of the world is. And so when you hear them, if you can even just do the practice of putting the name of Beige Army to them, suddenly the game changes from these are just the mainstream people who were right to they're the beige army now there might be something in something a beige army member says that's actually a little useful um but if it comes from hearing it from a place of fear then we react to it we're going to misconstrue it and all of that so it's just really useful to sort of separate it out and then we can start seeing you know what's in front of us where it is can i give you an example kate of um oh, please beige do. Army? yeah know. please do my dad who i love very much definitely has been the army. So I grew up with the army. I'm very, very familiar. My dad's a very kind, well-meaning accountant um, whose dream was to be an auditor. Um, So that probably tells you a lot about him. And he's very different to me. And I remember he never understood why I kept changing career or why I quit my job. And when it was a three or six months into becoming my own boss. And I was lucky enough to land a slot on the BBC of all places, like on some morning program talking about careers. And I was really excited. So I was in London, I in Australia where I grew up. And I, I think I texted him or called him or emailed him and said, hey, I've got, you know, I'm on the BBC tomorrow. I'm so excited. It was like my first big piece of media. And he, he calls me immediately and says, is your business earning money? And I was like, what? Like I was doing stuff, by the way, on people changing jobs and writing their CVs at that point. So I was like, what? Wait a minute. What are you talking about? And he goes, well, you know, your business needs to be able to support you, not you funding it. And I was like, there are a lot of times to have that conversation as a response to I'm on the BBC tomorrow is not that time. And I was furious because I was like, this was the story, you know, of my dad throughout my life dragging me down whenever I hit a high. And today, we have a very different relationship now. Today, he's a huge fan of free-range humans. Um, And I've now learned that he grew up, he grew up in Manchester at a time when putting your head up and standing out from the crowd was a dangerous thing to do. For me, my personality profile, I do a lot of personality work, I can't succeed without being visible. That's my personality style. So whenever he saw me shining, he was scared for me. He manifests that in financial fear. So it's really useful to think of where people came from as well. It's it's so
0: true. It's so true. This is something I talk about with my clients all the time. When the fear kicks in and it will show itself up in various ways, I always stop and ask them, whose voice is this? Where are you hearing this from? Like just allow your unconscious mind to show you where it is. And nine times out of 10, it will be things that they heard when they were growing up. I love like that incredible self-awareness that you've been able to listen to what your father's story was and how that's brought in because you could just go, I can't believe that you've done it again and, and have a really different relationship with him but it's, it's being able to have the empathy to see it through. This is how he grew up. This is what he saw through his eyes. And I think about a client of mine at the moment who's very much come into my mind as you're talking, who is having the same kind of things. She's very much living a free range life and it is wild and it's creative and it is successful. Whatever we want to classify success as, you know, she's making money out of her business. She's having a great time. She works with a variety of people. It's everything that she is yet she has these uh, stories going through of you're being frivolous. You're, you know, this, 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 which is somebody else's. And every time we talk, it's, it's her parents' voice. or So when she was growing up, the things she heard, and it does get us stuck,
1: doesn't it? And, and by the way, um, I just going to be clear with that story. Um, I wasn't cool at the time. I didn't talk to my dad for two months. I was furious. <laughs> like, this was many years ago. So I was not chill. Um, it took me, um, These days I can hear him separately, but you know what? I think we all have our own path with these things. It can take a while when we're so close to the Beige Army and we've been swimming in their waters so long. Yeah, it's nice. we're going to get really annoyed. And it's just being able to not let that lead us. And then, you know, it takes time is all I'd say. And be gentle with yourself about it.
0: Yeah, you're right. And and I was talking to Selena yesterday about being the people pleaser and not going into that martyrdom of you don't understand me, you've never got this blah, 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 blah. you know, because then that can, that can be another yeah. voice that goes on. I just want to talk about one more thing before we, we round this amazing conversation up, which is about being a free range human, as we've discussed, it's not necessarily about, you know, quitting your job and and becoming a digital nomad or whatever that is. It's actually based on our human personal needs as well and not doing something by somebody else's blueprint. So it really is like the intricacies of who we are as a human being and identifying on your own needs. So whether you're an introvert, whether you're somebody who may be, I'm going to just use some, throw some and an, Uh, examples out here, whether you're somebody who has ADHD, whether you're someone who has a family and community commitments or health considerations, this is is about getting into the essence of who we are as the individual and what our
1: free range human needs are around that, isn't it? Mm, Absolutely. And you know, you asked me before, what was the reason I released a second edition and spent a year of my life on it? Um, and the first answer I gave you was about how the world's changed. The second answer was a personal one. And it's actually what you're talking about now. When I released the first edition of Free Range, Be a Free Range Human, while it definitely touched on the idea of doing things in line with who you are, and that was the underlying theme, I didn't bring it out to the extent that we do in the second edition because I'd left a huge part of my story out. I'd left, I when people read that first edition, and we has fans everywhere but they i'd have people come to me and go oh my gosh you're so confident you're so endlessly positive and i'm like wow we haven't met have we <laughs> like um, that was cute but no we're not um, and i'd left out while i am very confident in some i definitely have another side to me that i didn't talk about and i do in this one and is i and definitely someone who, um, if you're into your astrology, is a Scorpio moon. Uh, and so I go into the depths and I have a history of depression and anxiety, um, both of which I think are my greatest heal and also my greatest gifts. Um, so that's a possibly a more complex conversation. But I shared it this time because the thing I found wonderful was that the first book lifted people up. But what I found Sad for me was that then they'd think they couldn't do it because there was something about them that was maybe not endless sunshine. And as someone who definitely isn't endless sunshine, I was like, well, that's we need to talk, guys. And so we, it, we created something in it. I, I'm so proud of it. There's a new chapter called But What If I'm Not a Shiny Head, Always Couldn't. You know? I talk about where the day I quit my job, what was really going on. Um, I didn't have room and also other people's stories, people living with chronic illnesses, people living, someone who's an extreme introvert, how does she handle her days? Um, and I didn't talk about a lot of other things, but these, I have space, but this is the tip of the iceberg. And the truth is that being free range is about bringing the whole of yourself to the picture. And if we try to pretend something about us isn't there, it will rear up and it will Knock us, you know. The times I tried to pretend to myself, you know, moving in an industry that can be very surface and quite action. That I used to pretend that side of me was all there was, and then I'd get knocked down by this this shadow, and I'd be so like I couldn't get up. I didn't know what was going on. And since making friends with that, since being like, oh well, you know, some people get headaches. Um, I sometimes get this thing happened um, the world has completely shifted my the quality of my work has got better because i 'm using the tendencies to to say be an empath where I can feel everything in a room like i'm sure so many listeners are the same on that where i am using these tendencies that used to knock me to enhance the quality of what I do and these are the sorts of conversations we need to have conversations about you know in a job it can in most jobs, it can be very hard if you have any difference in how you work that is different to the norm. So if you say, uh, I call, well, um, I think Elaine Aron calls an HSP, a highly sensitive person, which I identify as, and you're put in an open plan office, you will not be functioning at your best. It's like a traffic jam in your head because you take in all the things around you even if you don't want to. And when you're honest and you're free-range, you recreate your year, your days, your space, who you're surrounded by. And so that's why, to to wrap this up, free-ranging to me is actually about incredible honesty with yourself because you could be the most powerful person inside. You could have the best potential for the thing that you want to do. And if you try to set up your days and set up your work in a way that works for someone else, Isn't being honest about something about you, so maybe you need to collaborate with people, you know, like Selena and I, who you've mentioned before. We're collaborators, we need other people. We're not, even though we have tech businesses, always either talking with each other or someone else. So we're honest about that. So we're not staring at a screen getting lost. If you're like that, that can change the game. If you're an extreme introvert trying to do that every day, it will probably burn you out. And so it's finding your own way based on. Incredible honesty without shame that we put over it. Um, and I think the one reason I talk really openly about depression and anxiety now, even though I don't necessarily experience that day to day right now, it's still really important because I think it allows people, I've heard it allows people to take a breath and say, oh, I thought that was just me. You know, I didn't think people did that sort of thing with that situation. Um, I think we need to take out the shame if we want to really live life on our terms.
0: Yeah, I totally, totally agree with you. Thank you so much for sharing that. And so much for sharing your story around that too. So as we come to a close, we, we've talked about, you've talked about setting some boundaries there and what you need, the environments that you need to um, create for yourself. What are your go-to self-care tools that you use maybe each and every day that make sure that
1: you can sustain yourself as a free-range human. Yes, absolutely. Um, number one, exercise. Um, I now live in LA, so um, I landed here. Um, I've been living in London forever and uh, found out that I thought I was quite fit but not by LA standards and actually changed my life and changed my well-being. Every either day or two days, that's the biggest. I will do some form of intense exercise that makes me happy because it uh, completely changes your mindset. It changes like, your system. It resets you. And it's absolutely been the thing that has changed my relationship to anxiety. I don't experience it as much now because of exercise. The exercise is my non-negotiable. Um, swimming, um, going to a really positive class, hiking, uh, hiking, whatever. Number two, a little bit more on the woo-woo end, um, but I do live in LA and uh, it's sound baths. Um, oh my god, I love a sound bath. I am oh a complete goodness. advocate. I, guys, if anyone hasn't done this, I took my partner to one, um, who has never, by the way, done anything so like that. Person. I didn't tell him what would happen. I was like, we just gotta use some white nice- sounds you might fall asleep and he walked out and was like what just happened with both these drugs so if you haven't done the sound part yeah. no, no amazing.
0: It's so funny that you say that. I feel like we're just a reflection of each other in LA and, and, and here <laughs> in the UK. I, um, I was doing the awakening at a family festival at the weekend and invited a sound healer over. And uh, she gave, she did an incredible sound bath. And my partner has never done, he, doesn't, he's not, he does a bit of yoga. He's not, you know, he kind of keeps away from the woo-woo stuff a little bit. And uh, he joined the sound bath, much like your partner for the first time. And he was like, that was incredible that was incredible. I, th- I feel like I want to do that again. So yeah,
1: sound bath is just the best. agree. And you know, if, if anyone hasn't done it, what I would say is it gets the best bits of meditation without having to do the meditation. <laughs> That's probably the way I like to summarize it. It gets you really deep. Uh, a variation of that, by the way, I love breath work. I recommend yeah. it. I, I do this as regularly as possible. Uh, and by the way, number three for self-care is people, is having the right people around me and remembering to make use of that. Um, I find if I try to fix things alone, my head can get very messy and very clogged very quickly. So someone like Selena, who is always on the end of the phone if I need it, um, my amazing partner who really understands me. But, you know, I, I went through most of my career, not my partner's there's always someone and making sure that we when we're stuck we're not staring and I'm not staring at a blank wall on a screen getting more and more stuck so my biggest thing for self-care is making sure I'm engaging with you know people and being really honest and open with them
0: I love that. Reaching out and asking for support is probably one of the best things that you can do, or just saying, Do you know what? You I, I just need to get out of here and I need to change the scenery. And can we just have a cup of tea? That would yeah. do really well. And that, so thank you for that. I love, love, love. I like really just feel this reflection of us both. Our energy here is gorgeous. Um, so I always like to ask the guests who come onto the Practical Magic show, what would be a song that kind of summarizes being a free range human for
1: you. Yeah. Two songs. One is Cat Stevens' "Sing Out," um, which is if you want to sing, oh, out, sing out. I love of
0: that. Course. That was um, I was introduced to that on the the film Harold and Maude. Have you ever seen Harold yes, and Maud? Yes, I love that. Yeah,
1: best. That's so cool. <laughs> so, that's one of my faves. And actually, but when it comes to community, something that I've used for when I've run like uh, global festivals and courses and stuff, that for me, it really captures the sense of free range community, which, as we've just talked about, is so important. And it's a song called Waste by lots of People. Waste, of lots of people, a bit obscure, it really captures the very gentle sense of free ranging. I, I use it quite a lot.
0: Love that. Okay. Well, I'm going to put the links to these songs so you can listen to Marianne's songs for being a free range human and all of the links to Marianne and her book. And please do go and buy it. It's an absolutely brilliant book for all of you. I know as a Practical Magic listener are free range humans. So thank you so much for joining us, Marianne. And thank you again it's been lovely having you on
1: thank you so much it's been an absolute joy being here
0: thank you for listening to today's practical magic podcast with myself and marianne Cantwell. you'll be able to find all the links to marianne and her book and her song choices over on the website katetaylor.co forward slash podcasts if you have enjoyed the show would you do me a massive favor head on over to itunes if that's who you're listening through And go and leave a review and rate for the Practical Magic podcast. It really does help and it helps to connect to new listeners as well. I'm going to be back next week. Next week, I'm talking to Susie Sourwine, and we're all talking all about permission. So do take a tune in next week. And also, if you are listening in and you are a subscriber to the show... You're going to be getting a new podcast, which drops on Friday, which is the second in the series, the mini series I recorded with karmic alchemist, Matt Taylor, all about better sleep to aid burnout. And we're going to be talking about harnessing the power of dreams. It's a fascinating conversation. So do tune in for that. So got lots for your ears coming up until next time. Enjoy. Enjoy. Whatever it is that you are doing living your life as a free-range human,